Please be advised, the following program contains some adult themes and content. Ladies and gentlemen, good evening. This is Daniel Ricardo, and this is 365 Days of Sport. 365 Days of Sport. Yes, good evening and welcome to yet another edition of the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet. It's time for your weekly satirical view of the world of sport and a lot of things that aren't. I am Kieran Beefy Blake, I'm the world's biggest sports fan, Guinness Book of Records world record holder, and on the other <laughs> side of the desk, casual Rob Bryars. Have you listened back to that one recently where I was bagging you about wearing sweatpants or something and you got a little bit um, insecure about it? Because you've got proper slacks on tonight, I noticed, Beef. Some, Jeans. Some some actual... Are they new? No. Clearly didn't take your shopping? No. You sure? 100% positive, Rob. All right. I thought your size might have fluctuated up and down a bit of late. Do you, how's that? How they, Same size. They Are they elasticated, are they? No. No? No. Sorry. Okay. Well, that's all right, Beef. Good. I'm glad it's all right with you. Yeah. So I've uh, had these years, these jeans. I don't see you normally wearing any sort of trousers as such. These aren't tra- they're jeans, man. They're just black jeans, Rob. All right. Um, enough. Hey, I've got to say very quickly. What? Good morning, America. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I heard it. What's what's happening? We're just live. We're on there. Some platform there. Well, the big news some guy Sean. This is the big news is that yeah. Possibly from next week. From next week. We will be the Tuesday morning breakfast show live yeah. in the good old US of A. Yeah, love it. Um, I don't know what they're going to make of us, but... Uh, no, they won't be able to understand it anyway, understand what we're saying. It's happening, um, people. It's happening. Yeah. I'm not changing anything, Beef. I know that. I'm not going to do anything like... We're, we're I'm not in, all of a sudden going to start studying up on... Uh, we're in on, um, um, show 262, Rob. If you haven't changed by now, I don't yeah. think it's going to happen. Hey, uh, I, I, well, I, I have got one point of interest, though. Okay. I say I might, I'll finish it off and are do you, a full review you, for next week. Are you bringing content? Well, just by mistake, about uh, an hour ago, <laughs> yeah. I, I started watching this thing on Netflix. Okay. And it's... Just you, by Well, you'll know the story. It's about a Hawaiian football who played for Notre Dame. And okay. uh, it's a story about him being catfished. I think it's probably one of the first oh, times this well, happened. no. Well, he wasn't a white. He was an Australian. Mante Teo. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Yeah, that's yeah. the guy. I think he was an Australian. I don't think but he was. But went to Hawaii or? Yeah, I think he played college football in Hawaii uh, yeah. first. Yeah, right. And then went to Notre Dame, got drafted by Seattle, I, I don't know. Well, I haven't got to that part of the story yet, so I'll yeah. just wait and see if he, yeah, he what did. happens. Okay. But uh, I think this is one of the first instances of this happening. And, and it's just triggering off all these. The show I saw that had the bloke off uh, Entourage, what's his name? Adrian Grinier. And it was called. Was it called Catfished or it was called... Anyway, it's basically the exact same story that this guy's about of this whole hoax with this fake girlfriend and everything. Right, yeah, yeah. You, you remember all this, do you? Yeah, 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 yeah. Do, do you know about the story well kind of thing? Oh, uh, kind of. It's he pretty got in, mental. He got into the NFL then kind of disappeared very quickly. Okay. Um, I'm just looking him up now. Yeah, well, essentially... I it, don't know. He did play quite a long time. Yeah, I, I, got, I get the impression it worked... Four as, years, New Orleans. He didn't really do a huge lot. I thought he was from... It's just for a time, he, he, he goes from being the hero to being hated yeah and it wasn't his fault he was nah. a bit naive and a, a bit, bit naive. sheltered he, he did have a three year long online relationship i thought he had uh, but it comes from like pacific island you know like super religious and yeah, all yeah, that yeah. so they're very much purist as such yeah i thought he had australian heritage in him but uh, he is just a uh, hawaiian Hawaiian-y. by the look of it yeah. yeah right anyway quite interesting seeing how this whole thing is well report back next week rob yeah watch, watch the end of it is it a one-off or a series 
I reckon it's going to be a mini series, maybe three parts, and cool. I'm on the second one. All right. So that was good viewing. Why did I bring that up? Oh, because I can talk about American sports. That's why. See, beautiful. Isn't that good beef? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just being I like plugged it. in because I, I, I mean, I can tell them about how my horse racing went on the weekend, but yeah. there wasn't much. Did I pick anything in the end? I think I only got one out of my four came in. So. Samoan ancestry was uh, Mante Teo. Oh, I could have guessed that by the yeah, name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's got the tattoos in that, the Samoan style ones. Right. Yeah, but uh, the, um, the biggest section. Snap Dancer won the main race at Caulfield Beef. Yeah. Was he 100 to 1? No, nah, 7. Okay. 7 to 1. Okay. Um, the biggest section on his Wikipedia page is the girlfriend hoax. Yeah. What happened was the story broke right after Lance Armstrong. Oh, okay. So, so he sort of all of a sudden, like, it's almost Lance Armstrong's almost pleased he came along because it meant. <laughs> Because it meant he was out, and and it was just at the point in this where it was saying that the three most hated, or the top ten most hated athletes in the world, and it was Lance Armstrong, Tiger Woods at that time. Oh, it must have been when he just got caught or something. Yeah, I think so. And um, because now he's like probably one of the most loved (laughs) again, I'd say. Yeah, the indiscretions have kind of been forgotten about. Oh, well and truly, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, how's Steve Williams doing? Steve Williams, (laughs) is he still caddying? I don't know, mate. Got no idea. He must be doing. I don't. I don't think he's caddying at the moment. Really? I can't. I haven't seen him caddying for anyone. Okay. Wasn't he with? Um, he was with Adam Scott after. Okay. Well, I thought he was bads. dot com. Well, I thought he he transferred it, trying to impart his words of wisdom across to bads. dot com. What's bads. dot com? Aaron Badley. Oh, why do you call him that? Because that's how, what he was called for a while. Bads.com. He had his website, Bads.com, oh. and he was he had all this branding everywhere, Bads.com. Well, I don't know. You've got Google. Why don't you just Google that one oh. as well, Beef? You know, well, I, why, do, why do I Why would I know what Steve Williams is doing? The only, I told you... He's New Zealand's most famous sports person, Rob! That's an insult, and it's also a lie. It's not true at all. <laughs> There's no way in the world he's more famous than, what, General Lomu or something. He was New oh. Zealand's highest paid sports person, wasn't he, for about a three-year period? Well, I mean, that's not hard to figure out why that is. Yeah. He's not actually doing it. He's not playing the sport, all right? It doesn't count. He was earning money from sport. Yeah, but he's not. doesn't make him a sports person. See, that's where your well, terminology is wrong. This is interesting, well, isn't it? Well, it's not, interest, it's not that interesting. <laughs> all right. Don't, don't, try, don't even try to find some pseudo-intellectual sports terminology way around this one. He's not hitting the ball. Right. Do they give him the trophy? No. They don't just see it's not even like a player coach thing in the AFL when they when they all yeah. hold up together player coach. They don't do that. Mm. He's just set the side. He was foolish enough to pretend after when Adam Scott won that he almost spoke as if it was his victory. <laughs> yes. And that went down very poorly, do you mm. recall? Um, they're, they're, they're there, they they help, but they know their place. They're not so if you, once you're the one hitting the ball, then yeah. you become a sports it's person. A team game though, Rob's a team game. It's not a team game. It's not at all. I reckon it's one of the most individual games that there possibly is. Next to cricket, probably. Oh, that's controversial. Cricket is an individual game. In a team environment. Yeah. No, it kind of is. You're As a batsman, you're responsible, but you do yeah. play with somebody else. And you, you, If you go out there and take six wickets... You're, I regularly you're, do, you're, Rob, as you're, you're, you know. Well, regularly. I mean, uh, that's good beef. And and how did the team go when you did that? Did they go... It doesn't matter, does it? At least I did well. <laughs> well, I mean, gosh... <laughs> It's not the response. Although I'm I will the, say this: that time, Shane, Shane Bond, team player, Shane Bond against Australia. Was it even a World Cup quarterfinal or something? I think it was an important World Cup match. We we're playing Australia, and Shane Bond did one of his massive times where he tore them to shreds. Yeah, six or eighteen or something. Yeah, yeah. Andre Adams got one. 
and then none of the other bowlers got any wickets. Right. And I think Michael Bevan came through and won the game for Australia. Mm, was the only one who didn't get. Mm. But So that's an example of someone doing uh, something that should be a match-winning performance, which should wasn't. Be, yeah, yeah. However, in the end, Michael Bevan won the game for Australia. So yeah. see individuals. No, I've, Ben I've, Stokes won the World Cup for England. I've always said cricket is an individual sport in a team environment. Yeah. Really, it is. Because at uh, the crux of every piece of cricket... There is a one versus one battle. Bowler mm. versus batsman. Doesn't yeah. matter. Kind of the fielding does matter. But there is a one versus one battle that happens every facet of a cricket match. Yeah. Well, that's why they often say they line the teams and they look man for man who's where, mm. who's where and what. I think it was actually when they're talking about the uh, 2005 English Ashes. Was it four or five? The five. Thing? Five. They still look at it and go, Australia had the better team oh, man for man. By a long way. But um, it was just a bit of a... Uh, Bit of confidence, but through through old Keeper mm. Peterson, I think really was what really triggered it off, wasn't it? Uh, part of it. Simon Jones offered a lot because he was specifically the fourth bowler. Yeah. Did he take the most wickets in the end of the series? He only played four tests. Uh, I think Shane Warne did. Uh, for England, I meant sorry. Oh, yeah. uh, yes, I think he. Yeah, I think he and he were, only played oh, four oh, tests. Oh no, was it the uh, so, Hoggard? It might have been. I mean, they were all about the same. But in that instance, the lesser of the moving parts ended up being a vital cog so your weakest link became the turning point so to speak because they overperformed where they were supposed to that's what i was there's a bit of a balance balancing act yeah you sort of, so sort of like if you it, imagine well, no, it, two, a seesaw with two buckets of water on it yeah, yeah. and you just put in the right amount of water in the and pail he, and simon jones moved the yeah. balance and i think the fact that yeah i think australia on paper were mm. the better side had the better players they just out vibed them if you like, Rob. You see, well, I mean, that could, in some regard, say that perhaps it is a team. But nah, no, 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 no. But no, I know. Look, every sport's individual. If you've got a ball at your feet, you know, you're an individual at that point in time. Mm. But there you go. It's uh, just one of those things. But no, I've always agreed with cricket. It's been kind of it's an ultimate individual sport in a team environment. It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so anyway, Snap Dancer won the main race at Caulfield. I thought you'd be watching the uh, uh, New Zealand All Blacks at their fortress in New Zealand. Was that at Eden Park, was it? No, it was at uh, Christchurch, actually. Christchurch. So still haven't lost Eden Park since 94. Temporary Stadium. Ah, right. Well, it looks temporary. I don't I I don't even see what it looks like. It just got a lot of kind of uh, tarpaulin over the top of the stands. Oh, really? It looks like that. I mean, it is safe, clearly. Yeah, well, they lost. They did. They lost lose. to Argentina. Yeah. So, uh, oh, the be, countries have melted. Oh, they're Rob. going. They're going mental all over again. It's fun. It's, this is like. Um, this is almost worse than the John. Than uh, John Hart lost five or six in a row mm. or something. I think, from what I can tell. But at least he turned it around the next season. And, yeah. and although we did get knocked out by the French at the World Cup, mm. that was a freakish game. Yeah, and yeah. anyone with any rational brain sort of realised, well, that was pretty. Crazy mm. that that happened, sort of thing. But uh, many of them just said, "Nah, got to get him out." But then after that, when we started to lose a bit, New Zealand, the, the country sort of had to learn that we actually will lose, yeah, because we've gone through this period of severe punishment of yeah, not yeah. being unbeatable, and then we've really gone through another period of that for probably over a decade now, really. Even though oh seven World Cup got knocked out, and then I think your one eleven and fifteen your obviously record since kind of the late nineties till now is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, it's like an eighty five percent win rate. It's, so, not, it's not, not. Yeah, it's not exactly. Uh, we're going through a bad patch. Yeah, well, but, you are at the minute, but uh, well, they lost. I think they lost five out of out the, the last, last six. six. Yeah. yeah. Which is um, so really amazing. They beat South Africa the other day, considering how poorly they go. I, I haven't watched one single game because I haven't got a platform for it. 
It's not on the TV. Channel 9? Oh, the Aussie game's on Channel 9. Well, I, could, I'm not, I haven't played Australia. Well, no, New Zealand haven't. You're right. So that's you're why right. I haven't yeah, watched okay. it. Even though I've got KO, they're not playing yeah, it. Yeah, it's not on KO. It's on Stan. You've got to get this... Stan in Australia for Yeah, but rugby. you have to pay for that again. I'm not paying do. for I, another one of these either. stupid I don't pay. things. You can get on a month free trial, by the way, and that's what we did. Yeah, for, the for one pre- month. Yeah, for one month. You can't so just keep repeating the one month trial nah, every month. But we, I wanted to watch Wales. Imagine if you could do that, if they had a floor in yeah, the chink yeah. there and you just keep renewing the well, one you month. you do, you just change your email address. <laughs> keep putting new email addresses in. I think they might log your credit card. But when Wales were in South Africa and when Ireland were in New Zealand and there was a few other who were over here, uh, oh, England were, Right. we, we got stand for a month to watch the rugby, got it free. Yeah. But you must have been a somewhat of a loss this weekend with no AFL on, Beef. And you, you know, oh, I didn't so, know what so, to do with so myself, d- Rob. You watched women's AFL. I watched all the women's yeah, yeah. AFL. Yeah. One game was 13-8. <laughs> How can that be? <laughs> I didn't know that. Thirteen eight in an Australian rules game. <laughs> well, I'm not. I'm not going to comment. Just not going to comment. I was. I. T- I, I I'm just flicking through the channels. I genuinely think it. I don't want. So, oh, it's like a minute to go. It's thirteen eight. I thought it was like the first minute of the game or something. <laughs> How can an Aussie rules game? We get points for missing. Yeah. You get points for missing, yeah, people. Yeah. 13-8! Well, I suspect the... I don't know if he was I, like... I, I, I would suspect the skills weren't really quite sharp enough for them to transfer the ball at a rap, rapid were, rate up and down uh, the field. Uh, th- this is what I would say about the women's AFL at the moment, my assessment, yeah. is that they're trying to run before they can walk. Oh, most definitely. So, so, so they, they need to take... I mean, so women's rugby, for example, in New Zealand. Yeah. This is just to the visual. I remember watching it uh, in the 80s, 90s. Rubbish. No, yeah, no yeah. good. I watched some that uh, popped up the other day, I don't know, probably four or five years ago or something. Mm. Watched it. it was lightning quick. It's world to It apart. was sharp. It yeah. was so fast and skill level was so high. I was well impressed. Yeah. And I couldn't believe how much it had, how quick, much the skills had improved. And, and that's where the women are really starting from now. No, well, and they're trying to, there's so much work to be done to get all, the skills all jo- up. All to, jokes aside, with the Aussie yeah. rules for the, for the women. They've gone all out and expanded too quick. You mm. know, they've gone from the eight teams they started with and all of a sudden they've got 18 teams. Mm-hmm. And like you say, you're throwing women in that have probably only got one or two years experience on a, on a bigger stage, mm-hmm. all of a sudden playing professional Aussie rules. And the talent pool's not, not quite not big there. enough yet. No. It really isn't. So instead of having two teams in Western Australia, two teams in Adelaide, Brisbane, Gold Coast, etc., mm. just get the one team at a, at a decent level. I know you might be excluding some women from playing because they can't get in the side, but really? Mm. You're not excluding that many. Mm-hmm. You, it's To quote you, Rob... They are running before they can walk. I mean, I mean, I think thirteen eight says a lot, beef. Yeah, it, does. it really does. That sort of something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, look, you do get every now and again. You get your six three rugby's type games. Yeah, fair yeah, enough. Yeah, yeah. You know, you you're going to get the odd very low scoring Aussie rules match. Yeah, that that's got to be a record though for a professional. If it's supposed to be well, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't follow it that well. I, I don't <clears> see myself ever buying a ticket to go and watch a, an Aussie Rules AFLW game. I just can't see it. Well, I, I don't go to watch anything. <laughs> so, I'm, yeah, I'm okay. not, I'm I certainly not going to go. Yeah, I don't go to watch anything. 
Well, it's warm inside. You're really infusing you got, our American it's, friends, It's Rob. warm inside. There's a, The beer fridge is right there. You can just walk five metres. The temperature doesn't uh. change. You're not have to sit next to some Muppet who's ranting and raving or some stand up to let someone through to go and get themselves another Diet Coke. And, um, you know, you can make whatever food you want, beef. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. It's just, I'm glad you're doing a sports show with me, Rob. It's, it's way better. Yep. Um, Tiger Woods said Steve Williams is certainly not racist. I'm just putting it out there. Okay. When, was that, when was that accusation? Um, Tiger Woods says Steve Williams is certainly not racist. BBC Sport, November 2011. Okay. Is, was that the time they split? Uh, well, 2009 was when he was in Australia and he got caught. Um, yeah, and it wasn't too dirt. long after that. It was, it was when he was yeah. injured, though, that he... That he but coming from Tiger, Steve Williams. Well, no kidding. Of course not. What moron was accusing him of that in the first place? Do you remember he did an after-dinner speech where he took the piss out of Tiger Woods and called him a black ass H. It was uh, a joke that went wrong. I don't know what the... I can't think what the H stands for. Hole. Ah, ah. Um, oh, that's not very good. No, and I think Tiger came out and defended him. Okay. I think that's what that was about. Okay, okay. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> but surely the word to blank out there was the, the first part, not the whole. Black? No, no. <laughs> yes, yes, Fifi. Well, yes. last week you came out vehemently and I wasn't allowed to say bum! <laughs> well, I can't believe you blanked out the whole. <laughs> well, <laughs> of those three words, that was the one that you blanked. Oh. Good morning, America! <laughs> <laughs> hey, uh, in all good faith, we have to thank our great friends at Jack Link's Beef Jerky, <laughs> the best beef jerky on the planet. Rob's gone. We're, we're not grabbing this back. If you want beef jerky, then please look no further than Jack Link's Beef Jerky is the best beef jerky on the planet. The reason why it is the food of astronauts. If you're listening to this show on a podcast, please consider using the Good Pods platform for all your podcasting needs. Suggests relevant shows that are certainly not like this one. <laughs> All right. Any, any, other, any other thing? What else Steve Williams been up to? I told you the story of how that actually happened, though, when they did part ways. Because he just he asked if he could caddy for Adam Scott. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Tiger said, yeah, sweet. And then he got a, another call later saying, oh, no, actually, if you do caddy for him, that will be the end of things. Wow. But that was from the manager. And Steve was like, well, he's not going to do that. That's ridiculous. And, but sure enough, that's what happened. And then they never spoken to each other ever since. Oh, really? Yeah, not once. And like he, he was, uh, he had, Tiger was in his wedding party and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Last known full-time employer was Jason Day. 2019 was Steve Williams. Okay. So we went most most of the Aussies after that. Greg Norman from 1982. Ray Floyd from 1989. Tiger Woods, 99. Adam Scott, 2011. Danielle King. Danielle Kang. New Zealand golf prodigy. Oh, yeah. I remember her. And then Um, uh, Jason Day, 2090. So I'm not sure what he's doing now. So, well, because Jason Day's obviously have been completely fighting injuries the whole time. Oh, is he? Well, he's back now, but he's having having confidence issues, I think, is predominantly. So he's... I think he's ranked about 70-odd in the world or something. Oh, really? He was world number one for yeah, a while. Yeah, well, he's having good moments. He's in good rounds, but he can't put four together kind okay. of thing. Mm. And I, I think they said he's battling with his chipping or putting or something. He's well, got the yips. I don't know. the yips. Might be have that all wrong. But golf but is he, a confident he, he, sport. Uh, Jason Day had one of these violent, aggressive swings. 
but he oh. would absolutely smash it. Yeah. So I'd not wouldn't be surprised if he's basically done what Tiger did. So I read a headline on the weekend. It was some big tournament, uh, the playoffs or something, playoff final, and somebody had a meltdown on the last hole, and McElroy snuck in behind him to win oh, I didn't, seventeen I didn't actually, million. I didn't actually. I don't know if it was on the last hole, oh, but okay. he, oh, I got to check out then because he almost did that. Actually, Scotty Scheffler. Yeah, he almost did that when he won. That big tournament a little while ago was it? Was it a? I don't think it was a major. Was okay. it a major? Was it the? Did he win the Masters? The yeah, go- it, was. It, was, old, it was. It was the Masters. You're a golf so correspondent. On the Masters in the last hole, I think he was four shots clear or something. Right. And then he four putted the last hole, right. and he missed from like that close. So he's, he's from, got. He's from, got. He's so about two feet. He's got the nerves happening. When so he's, well, I haven't seen what happened on big check. Well, it's, Rory shot sixty six on the last round, and, and he shot seventy three. Scotty Scheffler. Okay. So, so I think and. And he won by one shot. Four shots up at the start of the round. He, he, I think it was even more. Okay. Or at least four, yeah. Well, I think McElroy was in fifth or something. That's why. He was four shots up. Yeah, McElroy was well. Because McElroy had a shocking start. I was actually watching it live. Right. He went out of bounds and had tee off again and all that. Oh. He triple bogeyed the first hole and then I think he had another bogey and he was very poor start. So he's done well to come back from there as Roy. Yeah. I think um, I read, I did see the headline, it's the biggest prize in golf. He's won like 17 million for one tournament. Yeah, that's, it's that players' tournament, that's re- players' championship. No, no, it's the end of season playoffs. That's what this thing is. Yeah, yeah, it's called that though. FedEx Cup or something. The FedEx Cup, not yeah. the players' championship. That's at Sawgrass. That's at Sawgrass. No, that's but this a is different this, thing. No, I know that's that one, oh. but this has a, has a, It's called the players' something. Because they kept saying it, I was going, "Oh, this is the Sawgrass one," and then I knew it wasn't the Sawgrass one. Players you, or playoffs. They call it the playoffs. Maybe it's the playoffs yeah, championship, they call it the and playoffs. I thought I was saying the players. End of season playoff, end of year playoffs. They call it. That's probably Which what is, I was. Hearing. I was only, probably mishearing them. Be you've got to. I think you've got to win a tournament on right. the calendar to qualify for the end of season playoffs. Right. So it's the champion of champions. This is definitely. If people in the states are going to tune in for a serious oh, yeah. sports show. Imagine that, this start no, I've, nightmare. I've, I've pre warned be, them. <laughs> I have pre-warned them. About not even discussing the elements of what, speculating on whether things happened in the tournament and, and then trying to figure out if we're talking about the right thing. <laughs> I, I've got to warn people, one of the reasons why we get this show, or we've had this show, where we're 200 and, this is episode 262 of the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet, 365 days sport. Me and Rob in 2015 set out to go and watch or be part of spectate at 365 <clears throat> different sports in the space of 365 days predominantly spectate by a long predominantly by, a, by a large percentage so we started it put it that way we got yeah. six months in we, we went around the world three or four times yeah went to some interesting places Phoenix, and some not so interesting ones galveston corpus christi yeah. greenland galveston yeah. galveston oh, oh galveston, galveston. And we kind of made a bit of a name for ourselves for a very short period of time. Yep. And we ran out of money. Rob went back to work. I kind of finished it off in Australia, actually in Victoria, and I got a world record as the world's biggest sports fan, and then this show was the offspring of that failure. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. But weirdly uh, enough, that leads nicely into our special guest later on. Yes. So, yeah, we're We're going to reminisce. We're we're revisiting. We're going to revisit and reminisce. We went to a a sport called VX we went and saw in the north of England somewhere. Where was it again? York. It was York. Yeah, actually Harrogate, where we went to, but uh, Paul was based in York. That's one of those uh, Macintosh toffees flavours. York. Harrogate. There's a flavour called Harrogate. Yeah. What was it? Taste of rubbish. Dirt. Mm. 
garbage. Uh, no, that's quite a good one, actually. How can that be? Is, a... is Macintosh's toffees not in uh, England or Wales? Macintosh's oh, toffees? Oh, they made a stout. No, that was Mackerson. That must be a New Zealand thing, then. Macintosh toffees? Yeah, Macintosh's toffees. And they called the flavour Harrogate. They've got about 10 different mixed flavours. They're caramels, yeah. toffees, toffee caramels, and then they have different twists on well, each one, and, in, and one of the flavours is Harrogate. Wow. Well, in the break, Rob, you've got you, some you, research to no, do. Well, you, I, I'm telling anyway, you. Uh, thanks. Right. And there's one, the one you don't want to get is the coconut one. Coconut rock. Right, I don't do coconut, man. No, no good. I don't do coconut they always, at all. You know how you get uh, jelly, all these mixed things, there's always one colour left at the bottom that no one wants it. There's I don't always do the coconut Coconut one. or Turkish Delight. Off a, a real, the table. An actual proper, real, high quality Turkish Delight, like no, the one off no. Lion Witch in the Wardrobe. No. That's good. But if it's, it's that one off the, um, out of the packaging. Right. Nah. It's not bad, but I'm not, not into it. What up? Same old, same old. You? Fifty Shades of Greys. Nice. <laughs> hey, did you hear the news about Bridget? She's making her way around Australia. For reals? Yeah, she's everywhere. Barbecues, footy, even camping. Well, sounds like she's flat out. Yeah. Oh, I'd love to go to Australia. One day, bro. One day. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues. Beef up your snack life. Hey, I'm Nick Paul with Ottawa Centres, and you listen to 365... Days of sport. Gags David Boone. So I I did put myself through the pain of oh, did you? To, yeah. the uh, David Boone audio book. There's a few times where um quite fascinating. There's obviously some quite big gaps and I do repeat some of my Oh you do? Sort, yeah. yeah, yeah. I thought like um my observation I hadn't said it before, but I actually have said almost it word for word before. Yeah. Well But I've I've got another theory on this. Oh, book. have you? Yeah. I think Old Booney yeah. has actually been taken for a bit of a ride here. Okay. I reckon he's there in name only. I think so. I think these, I, there's, I, no, there's no I, way I he that. could be bothered putting 370 pages I think I said together. that after the second joke. Right. I'm pretty sure. It's, it's these guys. And I think you actually brought it up. I said, at some point too. I think we we mentioned this, we should get Booney on the show. I think we, you know, I was thinking that actually. We actually should get him on. Yeah, and I think you said, or one of us said, I don't even think he knows this book exists. <laughs> <laughs> well, because initially I thought you can't go bagging someone and get him on the show. But then, actually, if we could get... It'd be a great conclusion to the segment if we can get Dave Boone to face the music <laughs> and, and say, now you're responsible for this, whether it's yeah. just a name only or not. It's your well, reputation on the line, fella. Right. I've got to point out, for all our new listeners, because there's going to be millions of you, David Boone was a quite a famous Australian cricketer. He set... An unofficial world record when he drunk 52 cans of beer between Sydney and London on a cricket trip, on a Ashes tour. So yeah. he was short. I'm not going to say fat. I'm going to say stocky. Stocky. Portly. Very, portly. Great cricketer. Very good moustache. Mm. Very good. Handlebar special moustache. Yeah. Anyway. And, and not really as a sign of the times to have a moustache like that. It really wasn't at that point in time. Uh, there's a bit of the 80s had more just sort of the tash. Yeah, not uh, the big. Not although it's the, a, it really is an Ameri- uh, an Australian thing because yeah, obviously Merv, Merv him. Hughes. I think there was another Jeff one. Jeff Marsh. Did he ever go for a bit? Mm, possibly. Rod, Rod Marsh? No. No, Rod would have yeah. had a go at that. Yeah, yeah. I reckon this is the only bit of the book that Booney actually contributed to. Okay. I would like to dedicate this book to my mother, Leslie, and my sister, Vanessa, who have always enjoyed a good story. Okay. I reckon that's the only that's bit the only part. he wrote. Yeah. So, uh, anyway, uh, so for the past six, seven months on this uh, this forthright sports show, we've been going through David Boone's big book of 
great sporting jokes. Mm. It's fair to say, after much excitement after the first couple of weeks, yeah. it's not really hit its straps. Well, I think it's probably doing exactly what we thought, although I I have said the ratio is, is was far a long way out from mm. what I thought it was going to be. Yeah, I, I thought I thought we'd honestly I thought we'd hit about one and six, and in the ends it turned out to be one and thirty six. <laughs> That's being kind. Yeah, we're, we're, but we're going to go with number sixty. What's I realize I didn't do a lot of long, lot of round numbers and a lot of things ending in three. Listening to the, all oh, the page numbers. Okay. Yeah. All right, this is <clears> quite <throat> long. Happy days. Mm. Monday, Tuesday, happy days. Yeah. Wednesday, Thursday, happy days. Winning the grand final. That's a Super Bowl to you Americans. Wasn't supposed to feel like this. Jack had just woken up with the worst hangover of his life. The previous day, he and the boys had won the club's first premiership in 28 years. And boy, had they celebrated. Hey, and I wasn't listening to that again. I wasn't. I was, I was, you started, I started trying to remember the Happy Days song. You started singing Happy Days. <laughs> I, started, I mean, what comes next after that? Friday, Saturday, happy days, happy days, what, what a day. day. Moving on next to you. Dun, 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 dun. That's going to be better than the joke. Go on. Way better. Oh, my word. I remember the tune now, see? Right. So start again. They've won the grand final. First time in 28 years. Who's won the grand final? Doesn't say. Jack. Jack. Jack's woken up. He's got hangover. They've had a big celebration. They had celebrated at the ground, at the club, into the city, God knows where else. How the hell did I get home, he muttered to himself. He bravely put his hand out beside him, but the wife was long out of bed. His head hurt, his throat was the Sahara. He knew he'd throw up eventually. He was wearing only his trousers, and his belt was unbuckled. Jack forced himself to open his eyes. The first thing he saw was a couple of aspirins next to a glass of water on the bedside table. That was weird enough. What was much weirder was that next to the glass was a single red rose. Next, he forced himself up on an elbow to look around the carnage that would be his side of the bedroom, but it was spotless. Where were the shoes, socks and shirt he assumed he throwed on the floor as he stumbled into bed? As Jack moved ever so slowly into the bathroom, he saw the entire house seemed crisp and clean. Sadly, his face didn't match that serenity. A huge black eye was forming on the right side of his face, but what had caused it? He had no idea. In the kitchen, he found his son sitting silently at the table, the coffee maker ready to go, and the Sunday paper conveniently turned over so he could read the important pages first. On the fridge was a note written in red and ending with a lipsticked kiss from his wife. Honey, I've gone to get the groceries. I assume you won't feel like breakfast just yet, but I'll cook you some bacon, eggs, and sausages when I get back, if that's what you want. I love you. Something was terribly wrong, or so it seemed. Hi, Dad, said his son quietly as if he was acting under instructions. How are you? Son, what happened last night? Jack asked. Well, you came home after 3am, drunk and out of your mind, and you woke the whole house up. You fell over the coffee table in the lounge room and broke it. You watched five minutes of English soccer at full volume, and then you puked in the hallway. You got that black eye when you ran into the bedroom door. It was all coming back to him. So, Mm. why is everything so perfect? Your mother even left me a rose, and she never gets me wheat bicks in the morning, let alone bacon, eggs, and sausages. Is she buttering me up before she kills me? Nah, you'll be right, mate, the son explained. After you smashed into the door, Mum came out and picked you up and tried to drag you into the bedroom, but you wouldn't let her. I wouldn't, but she got you in, and then she tried to take your clothes off. She did, but when she came to taking your trousers off, you started screaming, Leave me alone, lady! I'm married! She hadn't stopped smiling since. 
Right. Ah, well, that was a long story, wasn't it? It was. Um, how do I feel about that? I mean, it's more of a nice story, that. It is more of a nice yeah, story. Yeah. It's the type of thing I'd say, Rob. Um, oh, is it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, is it? That's nice of you. Oh, is it? When are you going to be drunk? True. Um, true, true, true. Oh, well, I mean, it's it's just more of a nice, happy, happy sort of heartwarming tale in, in, yeah. in many ways. It's Very a, good. It's not a joke. It's not a well, joke. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's just, it's more... No, it's... It is what it is, Rob! It's, it's rubbish. It's nice. It is what it is. <laughs> All right. On this day in sport, uh, happy birthday, Baseball Hall of Famer Ted Williams, although he did die 21 years ago. Happy birthday, Ted, if you're listening. New Zealand auto racer Bruce McLaren. Hey. Happy birthday, Bruce, although you did die 52 years ago. Pakistan test bowler Pervez Sajad. Never heard of you. Sorry, buddy. New Zealand rugby union flanker and coach Alex Wiley. Oh, Grizz. Happy birthday, Alex, if you're listening. Uh, Who else is on here? Oh, happy birthday, Robert Parrish, Basketball Hall of Fame centre. Born on this day, 1953. Was that making 69? Ooh, 69 for the big... Mm -hmm. Parish Czech soccer midfielder Pavel Nedved. Happy birthday, Pavel. NFL running back Sean Alexander. Never heard of you. Major League pitcher Cliff Lee. Happy birthday, Cliff, if you're listening. Andy Roddick. Roddick. Happy birthday, Andy Roddick. He's 40 today is, is the he? big rod. A yeah. rod. Uh, Liesl Jones, Aussie swimmer, and Eamon Sullivan both share the same birthday. They are 37 today. So Liesl and Eamon, if you're listening, happy birthday. Right, what else happened on this day in history? Welshman Tommy Farr went 15 rounds against Joe Louis in his first title defence at Yankee Stadium. Louis Joe points Lewis. With Lewis, Joe Lewis, yeah? Yeah. Louis? Joe Louis? Joe Lewis? No, it's Lewis. Lewis's points win was the first of a record 25 title defence. That was in 1937. Tommy Farr, the big Welsh warrior, Rob! Yeah. Well, we got 17-year-old gymnast Olga Colbert had drawn attention with a spectacular performance at the team event at the, Mos- at the Munich Olympics. Expectation turned to disappointment when the 4 foot 11 Corbett could only finish 7th in the individual all-around competition. But the following day, she did win gold medals in the floor exercises and the uneven parallel bars. 1972, Munich Olympics, Rob. Although most of that information is for the 31st of August, not today. Right. Also at the Olympics... The U.S. springboard diving streak ends. Oh, it was a hell of a streak. Hell of a streak. Yeah. Russian diver Vladimir Vasin broke an amazing American winning streak in the three-meter springboard event. American divers have won the event in the last 11 Olympic Games. It bloody that, was a streak. That's a good, good yeah. So um, yeah. on the last dive of the competition, Varenne scored the highest score of the competition to beat out Italian Franco Giorgio Cognato. Right. I didn't even come second. Didn't even come second. Pathetic fall from grace. Uh, in 19- Useless. In 1979, on this day, Sir Lord or Lord Sir Ian Botham became the fastest player to score a thousand runs and take a hundred wickets in tests when he scored 38 in a fourth test against India in 1979. Mm. Oh, Mike Powell beef. broke Bob Beeman's world record in 1991 on this uh, day. Mike Powell. Mike Powell. What did I say? Yeah, I sound like Powell. I might have just misheard I'm, I'm beef. Drunk on excitement, Rob. Yep. Eight. Meters ninety five. I don't think anyone. That gonna... was the big standoff with Carl Lewis. It was the and, big standoff. And Carl Lewis jumped nine meters three times in a row. Oh, how long did you say that was? Eight ninety five. And I think he 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 jumped eight ninety three times I think or something. He did eight ninety? I think. Yeah. Or it might have been eight eighty eight. Yeah. So Carl Lewis at the time was ten years undefeated at the 
long jump. Wow. That's pretty phenomenal as well. Yeah, I didn't yeah, realise yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. He was pretty skinny, Carl Lewis. Like, yeah, but he was uh, he was a very now, balanced the sprint, the sprint, shape. The sprinters nowadays are generally a little more solid. Yeah, true. He was smooth. The one he was smooth. Uh, oh, Houston Comets beat. Oh, who cares? WNBA. Um, <laughs> 2005. Alex Rodriguez became only the second right-handed batter in the Yankees history to hit 40 home runs in a season. Oh, baseball. Tyson Gay did the sprint double at the World Championships in 2007 by winning the 200. Uh, 19.76. So uh, there you go. So on this day in history. Good amount of good plenty of stuff. I do like this book, but it does it does go too far in depth sometimes. There's a, well, there's some very some surprising ones in there. Why is Eamon Sullivan in there? Like ones <laughs> like that. I don't know. Strange. Grizz Wiley made the cut. There is some very interesting birthdays in there that you think I don't know who you are. Yeah, mind you. Where, where's it from? Who's it? Is it a, I'm pretty sure it's an Australian book. Yeah, there's a lot to, of Aussies in there. If it was an American book, we wouldn't get no anywhere. none of that. There would be no Australians, no Brits, no yeah. Europeans. There'd just be Americans. Well, for Sure. Anyway, let's do this. Is it better than the beef? Probably. Is it better than the beef? As we've mentioned, Rob, I've got a world record. World's biggest sports fan. Now, what we, we mean do... we? We know. Me and you, we know. You said as we've mentioned. We mentioned it early in the show. You mentioned it. Oh, sorry, Rob. God. Four times a show. <laughs> very rarely bring it up. Anyway, we try and you, find... It's at the very start of the show. In fact, it's the third time you've mentioned it this show. Oh, calm down, man. So what we try and find is recently recorded world records, mm. and we work out whether they're better than the beef. Yes. A New Zealand teenager earned a Guinness World Record when he used Lego pieces to build a toy train with 101 cars. Alexander Blong, 14, of Auckland, said he was inspired by his boredom during COVID-19 lockdowns and the series Snowpiercer to attempt to build a Lego train with 101 cars. I was bored, as most people were, and watching Netflix. There was this show I really liked called Snowpiercer, which was about the really long train that goes around the globe. Blong said it took him about 50 hours to build the 82-foot-long train and his creation earned the Guinness World Record for most carriages in a toy train, beating the previous record by 32 carriages. This is truly incredible and inspires me to dream and create bigger projects, he said. Is that better than the beef? The accent was annoying, beef. So, uh, 82 feet. Welcome to my world every week. 82 feet. (laughs) 82 feet, yeah. And it's 101, 101 cars. cars. So 82 feet is like 28 metres or something. Yeah. Took him 50 hours. Um, 28 metres. Do you want a real answer? No, Rob. No. He's got nothing not. else to do in his life. He's a 14-year-old kid. It's not It's not better. It's just a toy Lego track. I mean, but how, how many pieces of Lego, do, um, how complex is one of these carriages? Because once you've done one, you're just basically a manufacturing thing at that point. you just got to repeat it another 19, they might be, 900 times. They could even be prefabricated. It's, I mean, it's, it's laborious for 40 yeah. hours, as you said. Is that how long it took? 50 hours. 50 hours, two days work. I don't, well, probably well, spaced over a week. Probably, a couple hours a day. Can't do slave labour, can you, for, you know. Well, it's for Guinness Book of World Records. He didn't get paid for it, I don't think. Um, no, I'm not all that impressed by that. But in what way is it, is it functioning? Can, what, can, what can it do? Do you have to push it? I think it has to go on tracks. I think it has to go. You can't just build a train. It's got to be a functional train. But if train. it's got 100 cars, that's going to be longer than 80 feet. Well, it could be a big circle, 30 metres. 30 metres. Oh, no, for, it's actually reasonably far. 30 metres for a... No, not, not those trains with 100 carats. The real-life ones. 
It's got 100 carriages. Yeah, that's every day in they Australia. They go for like 400 metres. Yeah, they do. I think some go for a 1,000 metres. A kilometre long is the standard. Oh, this, and this, this is a rubbish trip. <laughs> yes, it Pathetic. is, Rob. Pathetic. It is definitely. No, it's not even newsworthy. In fact, I reckon he's just a nerd. What kid at 14 is playing with Lego? Loser. <laughs> Oh come on! Don't don't give me I'm the game. Beefy's sitting there pissing piss, himself laughing, and then all of a sudden he gets all serious, like we're role models, and we got to watch what we say. <laughs> come on, yeah, you we are role models. You can't do that. Um, I think the first show I just spill about how no no one should be a role model apart from your parents. That's very very true. So sorry, um, Alexander Blong, fourteen of Auckland, <laughs> you are not better than the beef. <laughs> Uh, Take up something cool like ballroom dancing. Yeah, like Rob, North Island champion. That's where I was going, be. Right. Hey, did you hear about Kevin? No. He's in Australia too. Spreading himself a bit thin. Yeah. Everyone wants a slice of Kevin. Premium New Zealand beef. Jack Leagues, beef up your snack life. This is Gillian Cook, world bobsleigh champion, and you're listening to 365 Days of Sport. So we played the first song that came to his head. It just so happened to be. It was the worst song in the world. It was the worst song in the world. Listen to the song and it's clear a mom because the words don't fit and the song is shit. You're a talentless kid. You suck! For all our new listeners, Worst Song in the World has been going since episode one. It is basically when the world of sport and music mix mm. to varying degrees of results. Mostly bad. Mostly bad. And as I said, some, sometimes good bad, mm. sometimes bad good, sometimes good good, sometimes bad bad. Well. Mostly some form of bad. How excited do you think I was when I woke up on Monday morning to mm. find a tweet from Brett Lee. Oh, has he gone back? Has he back? He got the band back together? Six and out? He has got the band back together, Rob. Uh, yeah. They played live on Sunday night. <laughs> they bring back Can't Bowl to Can't Throw? Can't Bowl. Oh, that, oh, that's can't their, is that going to be closer? Oh, that was, that's there. Yeah. I, I don't think they'd open with that. That's their so sort I of... So I thought I'd revisit the celebrity cricket band Six mm-hmm. and Out. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we won't... That's sort of really their 500 miles to the Proclaimers, isn't it? Yes, the same, of sort course. Of, it's, it's, yeah, it's your um, yeah. journey. Yeah. Or breakfast at Tiffany's for deep or blue something. Breakfast at Tiffany's, yeah. yeah. I heard someone say that apparently the Proclaimers played 500 miles once during the set, and then again they played it twice in the encore. Twice, yeah. Extended so version. they played it three times. Um, I know uh, a mate of mine went to see the Lars in early 90s, mm. and they played there. She goes three times. Okay, just <laughs> dotted in the set. <laughs> anyway, we're going to revisit six and eight. We're not going to play Can't Bowl, Can't Throw because we've done it before on Worst Song of the World very early on. Yeah. I chose another one off their self-titled debut album mm. from 2000. It's only the first album. They've only do- they've done an album and an e- a mini album. Okay, an EP. It's a six-tracker. Is a six-tracker an EP yeah, or a mini it's album? Six, six packs, EP. Mm, I'm Generally not sure they've... anymore, Rob. Anyway, EP's it doesn't four matter. Or five, six is the longest. There's a lot of covers dotted yeah. among the two releases, but sure. I think this is an original. It's called Cyclone, Sally. Let's hear Six and Out. Okay. You are. 
exactly this polite Although I don't mind a king This red top queen of the hour that took a shine to me And she follows me like a shadow Gathered to the SMG Wherever I go she won't let me be Oh no, she's cyclotelling She's got the hearts for me Just, that's it. Just cut off. That's Sorry about that. I, where I clearly it's a short version. Where I stole that from, I didn't check it. Anyway, we had enough. That is Brett Lee six. Clearly the originals. Clearly not a cover. Uh, it's an original for sure. Yeah. Oh look. Um. You know he was of course on the Masked Singer of Brett Lee. Oh was he? Yeah. Oh yeah he was. Well yeah. Not this series. The one Long previous before. one. Yeah. Look, uh, I think that's about right for sixing out that song in it. That's about I what think, you, that's, I think it's perfect. That is what it's meant to be, isn't it? <laughs> So the band is Brett Lee, who is a world-class fast bowler, very quick. I can't imagine they've got Steve Smith in the band. He's the next cab off the rank, I reckon. You reckon he's well, going to be Well, Shane Watson is the next cab off the rank. He's in there too, that's right. Yeah. Um, now, because obviously Shane Watson retired. So Brad McNamara, who is an ex... I, uh, I don't think he played for Australia in the end, but uh, New South Wales for a long time. Gavin Robertson, who was an off-spinner, who did play for Australia. Richard Chiqui, who was of... I think was of Vietnamese heritage, but he was a hard-hitting opening bat for New South Wales. Don't think he graced the one day internationals for Australia. Would have been a great 2020 player nowadays. Mm-hmm. Probably mm-hmm. would have been up there. And of course, Brett, Love- Brett Lee's brother, Shane Lee, is in yeah. the band as well. Yeah, I knew that. Who also shares a bit of the vocal action. Mm-hmm. Brett Lee's actually a bassist. I didn't quite realise. I thought he was the lead guitarist. No, Shane Lee is the lead guitar. Right. Brett's on bass. Okay, I didn't know that. I didn't know that either. Yeah. Look, I'll be honest, I don't mind a bit of six and out. It's just, <laughs> it, is, it is what it is. It's just supposed to be Perhaps that. We should review the whole um, album. I think if, if they tried to write serious stuff, then it would have gone badly wrong. Because yeah. they're kind of just having a laugh, talking yeah. about, you know, obviously they're having, making fun of sort of a character of the Cyclone Sally yeah, yeah. person who's someone a bit rough around the edges yeah. that maybe you don't want coming to you on through their, a crowd. On their debut album, they have covered the Nips Are Getting Bigger, which was mental as anything, I think. Uh, How's That? Perfect mm-hmm. cover song for them sure. sherbet psycho killer eagle rock dumb things paul kelly i think mm-hmm. uh who else is on there and i, I think bring it on was the oh it's only a five tracker so that is an ep and oh they've covered the gambler have they oh there we well, go we might have to dig that out <laughs> at another stage so the others are it's just going to be the gambler though yeah it's true <laughs> it is just going to be the gambler <laughs> 
quite sure what you were going to go for well, there, Rob, we've, but we've, you're we've, right. We've all heard the gambler. We, we have. Yeah. you got to know when hold them. Well, unless they might have a little twist on it somewhere. Maybe they'll put in little oh. casino slot noises or something. Oh, we'll have to dig that out, yeah. I reckon. So I'll check it out in a week, uh, Rob, and yeah. see if it's worth bringing to the show. All right. On uh, Discogs, there are two Bring It On uh, CDs for sale. $22 each. Like, right. Gee, they must be rare. Mm-hmm. Must be rare. Six and out. Good to bring them back. And they played a gig. They could be on tour, Rob. Keep your eyes I, peeled, I, people. I reckon. MCG, they'll fill I it. reckon yeah. we should try and get Brett on the show. Yeah. We, sh- we definitely sure. should. Yeah, yeah. Remember when we started this show way back when? It was a, it was going to be a kind of a music and sport type deal. It's evolved into this juggernaut of a beast of a non-sports sports radio show. Just but rambling. Now, Brett Lee is a perfect guest. I think so. I think we should get him on. All right, let's try and do this. We're going to get a special guest on all the way from Yorkshire. Now, Harrogate. From Harrogate outside of York. So was that town we stayed in? Was actually Harrogate? No, I don't know what the village was called in the end. Hello. And here he is, Mr. Paul Hildreth, fresh from Austria. How you going, Paul? How are you doing, mate? Very good, sir. Very good. Glad you could join us. I know it's been a bit hectic. Did you just get back into the England this morning? Yeah, about two o'clock. Oh, ooh, two o'clock in the morning? Yeah. Jeez. Red eye. <laughs> it was a bit, but uh, you got to do what you got to do, don't you? Oh, well, exactly right. Exactly right. Now, Rob's got a very vital question for you, not related to the sport of VX. Yes. Now, we're just having to be discussing, Paul. Macintosh's toffees in New Zealand, they have several flavours, and one of the toffee flavours is Harrogate. So, uh, Beefy's asking what flavour is Harrogate. I looked up to something to do with something about hiding the sulphur in the water or something like that. Is this true? It could well be, because Harrogate was a spa town back in the day. Oh. Uh. Uh, sulfur in the water. Ah, uh, 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 there we go. So it's a it's a harsh tasting toffee to uh, try and make the water taste better. We've read highly intense twisted lemon. But uh, well, that's news to me, that's news to me. But it makes sense. Right there we go. Uh, it would be logical. It would be logical. <laughs> right. So when myself and Rob came to well came to meet you initially about 365 days of sport you were absolutely phenomenal and even created a tournament in the 365 days of sport legacy that what you're still doing today although covid has put a bit of a spanner in that works first things first we do have to thank you for carrying on the uh, the name of 365 days well we do unbelievably appreciate that tribute how's it all going and how is life after covid for vx Right, okay. Well, I mean, we're a young sport, you know that. Mm -hmm. And COVID hit us really hard. We've lost quite a lot of players and we've even lost one NGB. So we're rebuilding, you know, we're rebuilding. Uganda and Kenya, really going well. Hong Kong, really going well. India, going well. We're rebuilding over here in the UK. We uh, Pakistan set up as an NGB two weeks ago. So, yeah, it is picking up again. Competition's down, but this year in the UK, there will be two more. One is the National V2 Finals, you know, that's the singles, and one will be the 365. Now, we had hoped to run the 365 when we were in Austria this last week because uh, we were at the Racketlon World Championships and we were there as a demonstration sport. We're, we're one of the member sports of the Sport Recognised Association, which is a, an organisation for minority sports and young sports like us to give a, a stronger voice. And Racketlon is also a member, but Racketlon is quite a big sport and quite a wealthy sport as amateur sports go. And they said that what they would do would they would let other SRE member sports come along to act as demonstration sports and they would film it. And when it's all finished, they'll do a a promotional video for the Sport Recognised Association. As it happened, there were only two member sports turned up. That was us and and Nambudo. Nambudo? What's Nambudo? 
Nambudo is a, is a martial art. Ooh. Unfortunately, I didn't get to see it because they were demonstrating at the same time as we were demonstrating. Oh. But uh, I'm looking forward to finding out more about it. Yeah. Now, the plan was that, I mean, there was going to be three of us going from England and we had two top Indian players wanting to go as well to be with us. And guess what? The bureaucrats stymied us again. They didn't mm. get a visa. Oh. Uh, and funnily enough, there was an Indian team there for Racket Lawn, but our two <laughs> players couldn't go. Oh. And what I'd planned to do was do a smaller 365. It would have been the first one after COVID. It would have been the first one to feature non-UK players. It would have been the first one to uh, take place outside the UK, but didn't happen. Sorry, mate. We'll have to do it back in the UK later on this year. That's all right. Well, like I said, at the we- top of the uh, top of the intro, we're just so unbelievably pleased that you can continue this legacy in, in at least some form. Yeah, we, we will be doing this again. Okay, it will be smaller than it was last time, but it will serve as a competition to help, help with the rebuild. Yeah, Keep definitely. part of that. So if all our new listeners haven't heard or even come across VX, it's a kind of a cross between lacrosse, dodgeball, in a confined... Well, some, some of the aren't confined, but mainly in a confined area. And the idea is to basically pummel your way, throwing or slinging softer tennis balls into your opposition, scoring points for the part of the body you hit. You can also win points by catching some of the tennis balls that are that are sling, uh, slung at you, but it is an unbelievably great gladiatorial sport. It is so much fun, and uh, Paul himself has taken this to schools, and we know firsthand, Rob, mm. kids yeah. love it! Oh, I remember you guys in that primary school. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's Rob's lasting memory of uh, VX. I don't, I don't know if you're a Seinfeld fan, Paul, but there's a certain scene where Kramer, the character, is talking about how he's a he's a karate master, and his friends finally coming to see how he's going at karate, and he's a full grown adult fighting a bunch of eight year old kids, and he obviously is destroying them. Uh, I was beefy in that classroom, sort of remind me of that a little bit. He was really uh, a few kids took a, a fair tumble there, to my memory. <laughs> Yeah, they, those kids loved it when you were there. It's <laughs> good fun. It was good a bit fun. nice, big target. Yeah, well, yeah, big being the operative word there. But yeah, I mean the joy on those kids' faces when there was it was five of them against me, uh, <laughs> and I was getting pummeled from every angle possible. But oh, they were loving it. Well, it was also a bit like that Boris Johnson clip where he goes <laughs> a bit. <laughs> Yes, that is very true. So, Paul, what's what's the next stage for you now with the development of the sport and now you're trying to get back up on your feet? Is it, is it literally pounding the pavement? Yeah, well, uh, we've just signed up with WeStream as well, so we're going to have a video streaming channel, which we hope to build up so we're really using it properly at the uh, World Cup in Hong Kong next year. So that, that's a bit that's a big thing for us. I'm try- frantically trying to get video edited to get it up there. Right. Have you got dates for but this? Not being very, no, but not being very good at it. It's a slow oh, job. Yeah, it always is. Is, always is. Have you got dates for the World Cup in Hong Kong? Because I think it's, uh, oh, it might be an opportunity for me and Rob to reacquaint ourselves. I think that's an excellent idea. It should be the third weekend in August, but now that we've just finished August, I'm going to be talking to the guys in Hong Kong uh, this coming week to start working on that, fixing the date and yeah. start the arrangements. The year after is Uganda. Ooh. Ooh. Uganda are very keen to host it, so we've got a couple of guys coming from Uganda, the Ugandan VX Association. They're coming over soon to start work on uh, organising that. Oh, that sounds good. Mm. Me and Rob in Uganda. Mm. <laughs> that would be uh, even better. 
It's not, yeah, I didn't foresee a Uganda trip in my entire no. life, actually. That could be a great one to tick off. Yeah, I've not been to Hong Kong either for that matter, so I'll, I'll take either one at this point in time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, no, we're excited by that. And uh, mm. we are excited the fact that uh, you are developing this sport worldwide because it is, I, I'm, as you know, I am a big advocate of uh, people getting out there and, and developing new sports as best they can. And the strides you made early in, you know, the early advancement of VX, and I know you took over from, was it called Rocket Ball previously? It was originally called Rocket Ball, yeah. And we started to get this international growth and we needed something that was a bit snappier. Mm. So we slung it out to the membership and they came back with all sorts of suggestions. And then we got down to shortlist, slung that out again, and they all voted on VX. And, uh, which it, is sim- it's nicely symbolic for us. Yes, definitely is. And the fact that you can play it on a squash court, or if you're in America, a racquetball court, and it's confined and you can film it and it does actually make great viewing. Yeah, the, the, it's the singles. That, that's what's driving us. I mean, yeah. you know it's a team game as well. Yes. But that's obviously in a sports hall. And people say, this is great. How do I set up a club? Well, you need to get 12 people together. You need to hire a sports hall. That's 40 quid. I forget it. Ah, right. Now we've got the singles. How do I start a club? Get two mates together. You need two, two V-sticks. Hire a squash court. Five quid. You're away. It's, it's got the same impact everywhere we go when people see it. Hmm. I mean, this was the racket long world championships, right? The, these people, uh, they've got their sport. And we were supposed to be demonstrating demonstrating there and it wasn't exactly what we'd expected but it, it wasn't really as it had been sold to us but that doesn't matter there was a lot of positives yeah. a lot we can take out of it and we got a little session on the squash on a squash court and when we started it was only 10 minutes we got 10 minutes on the squash court when we started there were six people watching by the end it was rammed around the squash court mm. and it was brilliant they loved it the guys at racket Lawn want to now start using bx when they're going to schools as part of an introduction for their oh. sport Brilliant! That is fantastic news. Don't if you know what I don't if you know Racketlon, what that is. Uh, I should do being the world's biggest sports fan and all that. One, it's four rackets, one sport. Yeah, I do know that. And basically, it's a combination of table tennis, badminton, squash and tennis so you might be strong in squash and weak in uh, in table tennis but you know you've got to compete in all these four disciplines yeah. they don't play a full tennis match obviously they've got their own scoring like table tennis i think they play to 11 or something like that tell you what though organizing the event is unbelievably complicated <laughs> we think you know ours is hard enough for us doing three age categories and knockout and sorry group stages knockout they've got mixed doubles men's doubles women's doubles different age categories over 40s over 45s and in four disciplines each time yeah. how they organise it I have no idea good on them well mm. that's uh, the way to go I think the one thing you can get from VX is if you play cricket or hockey and if you translate to the US market baseball or any striking sports like that the skills are transferable and it works both ways playing VX will help you with your cricket and your hockey and vice versa so in terms of that I I genuinely think it is a great sport to advancing your own personal skills yeah you're not wrong we've over here we've got hockey coaches lacrosse coaches football coaches rugby coaches and they might use it in the warm for reflexes balance agility speed responses hand-eye coordination spatial awareness stuff like that couldn't have said it better myself and i didn't it's covering a few bases (laughs) there was one really nice incident at this uh, world championships when we did this demonstration as we were packing up afterwards this girl came bouncing up Uh, she was part of the gp team said i played this i played this i played (laughs) this at school how wonderful to see you guys Ian. you know she played back in I don't know, 2012 when she was a, a, a pupil and now she's an international racket long player. All oh, right. And mm-hmm. uh, so hopefully we'll get her on board again. Yeah, well, I mean, captive market. 
Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And it's your repeat customers are always your best ones. That's uh, the magic words, isn't it? Yeah, it's always lovely when former players come back. You know, they might have gone away to university or something. But it's lovely when they come back. No, exactly right. Exactly right. Paul, we do wish you all the best. We will definitely keep in touch uh, because we're part of the VX family, as you well know. And we'd love to continue to be so and get involved in some manner as best we can. It's a bit difficult from Australia sometimes, but we're in. Me and Rob are in. Mm. Bigarettes here at the World Cup, fellas. Definitely, right. definitely. I think if the dates are right, August, September, there's not much going on in Australia around that time. Well, there's nah. not much going on in Australia generally. So uh, in terms of that, we, <laughs> I reckon we are absolutely in. Just can't wait. Brilliant. It's Good great stuff. to see you get involved with the associate sports as well and spreading the word because that is just fantastic. It's the, it's the way you're going to grow. And like I said, the fact that other people see merit in adding it to their repertoires is uh, is absolutely perfect. Good stuff. I'll let you know when we get the next 365 going. Oh, Cheers, as Paul. well. And we'll uh, we'll talk about that at a later date as well. Mate, thanks a lot. And I'm glad well, we got you up early. Oh, it's lunchtime, so 2 a.m., but you're probably still recovering. And uh, go and have one in. Is it the Black Horse across the road from you? It's, no, it's the Dorney Arms. Oh, there you go. We'll go <laughs> and have a pint got, in there. Uh, got, so, what, it's about uh, a two-minute walk there and a half-hour walk back. Sorry, half-hour <laughs> very good all right mate all the best and uh enjoy the rest of the summer over there we're just getting going ourselves yeah all right mate good to talk again hey bro if we were on a desert island and there wasn't any grass no grass would you eat me to survive oh bro who'd eat a cow premium new zealand beef jack leagues beef up your snack life Hey, this is toddy goldsmith and you're listening to 365 days of sport. Oh, that music can only mean one thing, Rob! Everyone's favourite part of the... Is it, I well, know. I don't know if it's everyone's, but... Oh, I certainly look forward to it. You I, do. I, I like a quiz. It's the only bit of uh, the show you actually do any work for. <laughs> <laughs> it's a quiz, people, sports trivia quiz. We ask each other sports trivia questions. Mm. There are five answers to be had for each question possible. There could be more, but you can only get a maximum of five. So it is the person who scores the most out of 15 will win this week's Sporting Gladiators. I've gone for a certain theme on mine here with across the whole thing, which they're all the same format and... Given what we've just been discussing yeah. uh, off air and stuff, that this might you're oh. a good you're a chance of fifteen here, B. You've gone easy on me last but, couple of weeks. Well, anyway. well, I don't know. It's all going to depend on I don't know. All we'll, right, we'll, we'll see how we go. I've gone to your favourite-ish sport at the top of the mind right, right. now. Yeah, since the year two thousand, name any five Melbourne Cup winners that only have a one-word name. Oh, since geez. 2000, Rob, you've got 21 to choose from that have one, a one just got word a one name. word name. So, very elegant is not a one word name. Yes, protectionist 2014. Good work. Um, oh, um, what's that one starts with a uh, in the blue and the white? Come on now, Roberts. I'm really, I'm really bad at Melbourne Cups. Like, I can't even remember the oh, year. So it's only the biggest race in Australia. So then, race that stops a nation, Rob. This is not my strong suit, beef. It starts with a that one I'm thinking of about three years ago, six years ago. Then there's got is it that that long ago? And then there's all those 
Japanese ones. There's down to blue pop rock. Uh, well, we know Red Kado didn't get that came three times, uh, four times third second or something. Presley's obviously Prince of Penzance is not one. Um, Sub Zero? No. Then there's the other year I can remember is Delta Blues, which is 2000, and that was obviously two words. It is two words. Um, it followed after Maccabi Diva, which is also two yep. words. And next, and that there's also Pop Rock was in there too. Oh, well, this is no good. How can I only get one? I'm just not. I don't watch Melbourne Cups. Oh, I do watch them, but I don't really. You don't remember them clearly. Nah, I often I can't remember the last years. Who's that one from Geelong? The one the Geelong Cup. I, I can't. The one in the blue and the white that starts with A is driving me mental. Good. Uh, there's, look, two, uh, we, there's two that begin with A in this list as well. Yeah, I think we might have to give it a come on now. Who's so I can't say obviously Maccabi Divas those three years there in the middle, which is not good. The Sentinel is that one? No, no Sentinel. Uh, forget, I'm done. You're I've, done. Yeah. Okay. Last year, very elegant one. Yeah, well, that's two words. Year before, Twilight Payment. Yeah, two no words. Good. Remember that one. Vow and Declare. That's the other one. Cross Counter. Right. Then you've got Rekindling. Ah, uh, yep. Almandin. Almandin's the one I was looking for. Prince of Penzance was the year we went. Yeah. Protectionist. Fiorente. Ah, uh, yep. Green Moon. Green Moon, I remember that. I was working. Dunedin. Yeah, Dun- Dunedin. Americane. Americane. That's the one that won the Geelong Cup. Yeah. Shocking. Ah, uh, I should have got that. Viewed. It's all Eff- coming back to me now. Efficient. Then you had Delta Blues, Maccabi Diva, Maccabi Diva, Maccabi Diva, Media Puzzle. And then the other two on this list, Ethereal and Brew. Yeah, so really most of them were from the sort of 2008 through 2014. Uh, 2007 that, through to 2014, yeah. Yeah, was a lot that's, of them. And, those, and that's where it's very blurry for me because I was kind of had just moved here. I'd pay attention, but it wouldn't be locked in my head. Okay. I should have got Almandon. That's the one. Yeah. I like that horse. Oh, that's annoying. So I got one there, did one. I? One. That's pathetic. All right. So I'm, I've gone to 365 Days of Sports <laughs> trivia. <laughs> Excellent. But simply... I want you to tell me which sports were numbers 26 through 30. 26, 27, 28, 29, 30. And when you name them, I'm not going to tell you what number it no, is because no, then, no. then you're going to be able to count backwards yeah, and figure it out. So what number's 26 yep. through 30? Yep. Sabutio or table football? Yep. Artistic cycling and cycle ball. That's, yep. They're 29 and 30. Greyhound racing? Yes. What did we do before Grand Racing then? That's a great question. Grand Racing was a Thursday <laughs> night. Or was it a Friday night? Friday night, wasn't it? Because we flew out. Sport 26 before Grand Racing must have been... Salsa dancing. Well, you've gone the wrong way. Oh. Greyhounds was 26. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, so, so after... 27, 28, Skipping. 29. Skipping. So 30. Skipping. Indoor skydiving. Oh, I thought skipping was both for indoor skydiving. Oh, okay, yeah. no, I, that's right. I went off the old website. <laughs> hey, if it's on the internet, it's true, Rob. It's true. <laughs> it's our website. Yeah, it's our website. <laughs> I hope it's right. Oh, okay, I went the other way. Well, you we went so, the other way. So, so, so. Greyhounds was 26. Do you know what was 25 then? No, I can't remember. No, I can't remember either. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time ago. All right. It wasn't one of those horse riding ones up in Hawkesbury, was it? Maybe no, something. that was way no, after. after. All right, then. This is, could be totally wrong. Yeah. Name any five... WWF World Champions between the 1st of January 1990 and December 31st 1992. This is the heyday of WWF. Right? Five out of I think there's Um, nine. Hulk Hogan. Clearly, Hulk Hogan is in there. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage. 
April the 5th, 1992, <laughs> WrestleMania 7. Yes. Um, the Ultimate Warrior. April the 1st, 1990, <laughs> WrestleMania 6. Ravishing Rick Rude. Not sure Ravishing Rick Rude was a world champion, though, Rob. Unfortunately, he's not there. He's not there. Uh, I'm going to go for Ted DiBiase, the Million Dollar Man. No, Ted. I think that's a bit before his time in the oh, 90s. So, uh, no, this is when I was watching. This is when it was huge. Why do you think? I, I was going to say Andre the Giant, otherwise. No, he's just before that. Yeah, right. Okay, you, you had the Ultimate war- uh, Warrior. Uh, Jake the Snake? Not in this list. No. Uh, Sergeant Slaughter. Sergeant Slaughter. Then you got Jesus. Hulk Hogan. You missed out the big one. The Undertaker. I thought oh, he was no. going to be first on your list. No. <laughs> uh, Hulk Hogan. Then he gave it up. Apparently vacated. Ric Flair. Ric Flair got it. And then Jesus. you got Randy Savage. Yeah. And then Ric Flair again. And then Brett, the Hitman. Hitman Hart. Hart. Really? I don't remember. At the, yeah. uh, the house show, October 12, 1992. I was sure Ravishing Rick Rue got it at one point. I thought he took it off he the Ultimate Warrior. Done, but, uh, okay, well, three for that one. And the yeah. bear at that than the horse racing. Yes. Okay, I got the same question again, Beef. 155 through 159. <laughs> <laughs> one fifty-five through one fifty-nine. We didn't make any shows then. That's the issue. I don't even know where we would have been. It's March, Ooh, Easter time, possibly. So UK, I reckon. I'm gonna say I'm gonna throw boxing in there. No, no, I'm way off. I'm not way off, but I'm. <laughs> All right, what came early doors before? All right, marbles. No. I'm in the ballpark of those? No. I'm going to throw it out there that we might have been... All right, <laughs> finger pull. No? Yeah, gonna... now, that, now that you got 0 for 3, I'm going to say you're in the wrong country. Well, I know that. Or the wrong, wrong part of the world. <laughs> <laughs> um, frozen t-shirt dressing. No. Radio... Remote control car racing. No, no. But I, well, I'll tell this now. I picked that those numbers because yeah. there's a certain particular long episode which covers this part. Oh, does it? It runs for about 50 minutes. Oh, episode. really? Is that what? Because I saw that. It's That's, the pilot. It's the pilot. Because yeah. I thought when you when you watch the pilot, it's, it's day 168, 169. So. It still says the sports at the start number. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't remember that, though. So they are racquetball. Oh, was that 155, was it? Cowboy shooting. Yeah. Volleyball. Volleyball. Tree climbing. Tree climbing and jousting. jousting. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> ah, there, there you go. go. Let's for go. all. For all. Rugby for you. In the decade of the 2010s, the All Blacks held their opponents scoreless in seven matches. Name any five of the opponents. In the decade of the 2007, 2010 to 2020. Yep. Held them scoreless. In name seven, any five of the opponents. Name any five of those seven opponents that they held scoreless. Australia. Australia 2012, yes. 22 nil. France. 2013, 30 nil. Let's go for... Scotland. No. Uh, I'm just going to say South Africa. 57 nil, 2017. So that's four. No, what, one three. more guess. One more guess. Argy Bargies, Argentina. No. Ah, oh, three. Ireland, 60 nil, 2012. Australia, 22 nil, 2012. France, 30 nil, 2013. Samoa, 78 nil, 2017. Damn it. South Africa, 57 nil, 2017. Oh, Australia again, 36 nil, 2019. Mm. And Canada, eh? Canada. In the World Cup, 63 nil, 2019. So, so six. 
six. No, I got three then. Seven. Massive. So strong point. You have to get four. I do. Out of the three last for a tie. And now we're looking at numbers. 137 through 141. Oh, God, God. <laughs> I didn't even get the right country last time round. Okay. I seem to remember Kazakhstan is 150, so I'm trying to work backwards <laughs> off that. Right? What numbers? 137 through 141. So you've chosen that for a reason. Was that Greenland? Mm-hmm. I'm going to say no, it's not Greenland. Oh, okay. Thanks, Rob. Mm-hmm. In that case, I'm going to go Luge. No. Wrong country again. Okay. 137. I can't think of any of the numbers. Well, you... Figure skating. No. Nah. You you said one of them before. Oh, that narrows it down. I said loads. <laughs> I said five of them and they were all wrong. <laughs> it's in the US. Now that you can't Frozen win. t-shirt dressing. Yes. Okay. Salmon tossing. Yes. Uh, so where did we... We went... We went from Greenland to those places. Where did we go after... Denver, or wherever we were. I think we went to Phoenix Remote Control Car Racing. Yes! Yes! (laughs) For a big tie! And the other two, Remote Control Car Racing, we were in Phoenix again. Kickball? Yeah, that's the last one. Oh, that was the last one. So you haven't got 139. Oh, pickleball. Pickleball. (laughs) Hey, that's a good quiz. That is a good, good quiz. Loved it. Loved that. I enjoyed that, Rob. Good. Good Good to end on a tie. (laughs) No worries. Quickly, we do this. Oh, chimpanzee at Monkey News. Monkey News, Rob. Yep. I had loads of stuff tonight. Really? We haven't got through. Isn't it amazing how many things do happen in the world that involve monkeys? Oh, yeah. Monkey calls 911 and gets police to come to the zoo to investigate. Now, you see, that's great, isn't it? A monkey has caused a massive amount of confusion at a California zoo after police rocked up to respond to a 911 emergency call. Zookeepers, along with a San Luis, San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office, now believe it was a cheeky monkey named Root, or Rout if you're in Australia, that placed the call. Police dispatchers received a call on June 13, which eventually disconnected. Dispatchers tried to call and text the number back, but received no response, which led to dispatchers sending a squad car to investigate the call. Police found themselves at a zoo. At Zoo to You, a zoo in Paso Robles, facing down a group of very confused zookeepers Mm. who denied calling them. The San Luis Obispo County Sheriff's Office shared the incident on social media to explain the slightly odd turn of events that followed. Deputies were sent to investigate, and the address took them to the offices of Zoo to You near Paso Castle Robles. No one there replaced the car. Was someone trying to make us look like a monkey's uncle? But then they all realized it must have been Root, the capuchin monkey. After a bit of head scratching, police and zookeepers eventually came to the realization that the zoo's capuchin monkey, Rout, had got her hot little hands on a mobile phone. Ah. The phone had been abandoned in a golf cart somewhere near the 40-acre zoo property where a route had apparently found the phone and began to play with it and inadvertently called police in the process. We're told capuchin monkeys are very inquisitive and will grab anything and everything and just start pushing buttons. And that was what route did. Just so happened it was the right combination of numbers to call us. 911's quite easy. Police joked that officers from the San Luis Obisco County Sheriff's Office had seen their fair share of monkey business, but nothing quite like this. But you can't really blame her. After all, monkey see, monkey do. Hey. Clever monkey. Oh, 
well. It must I have d- pressed I, I, send as well. That's yeah, the thing. but they, it wasn't actually ringing for a particular incident as such. No, it just found it, the phone. And, and, well, it, it didn't sort of connect. Um, yeah, hadn't really figured out the uh, buttons to what. No, didn't didn't know who the police were even. No, as such. So didn't know who they're the not quite. Were. They're not quite where I was hoping they'd be. Not yet. It wasn't a conscious call. But if you give an infinite number of monkeys an infinite number of mo- mobile phones, Rob. Yeah, they'll write Shakespeare or something along those lines. That's that's exactly true. Yeah. Or text somebody. Yeah. Oh, Monkey Shakespeare. Brilliant. Hey, great show tonight. Enjoyed it. Oh, no problem, Beef. I'm happy to be here. Happy, to, happy to contribute. Thanks. Yeah. I'm glad you did. Yeah. We've got to thank Jack Link's Beef Jerky. It's best beef jerky on the planet. Whatever you're doing this coming week, month, year, for the rest of time, make sure you've got an ample supply of Jack Link's Beef Jerky. Yeah. Even if it's just for tomorrow. For tomorrow, even if it's just for tomorrow, at least you'll have a bloody good day eating Jack Link's no beef song jerky. for tomorrow. I know for today. That's a New Zealand. That's New Zealand hit. It's a hit. Yeah, big, very famous song in New Zealand. For good. today. For today, I remember your smile. For today, love it so far. I remember your smile, baby. Yeah. Cool. I like that. I, I, That's I good. That, I added that bit at the end. Perhaps you should cover it on your. It was album. Annie Crummer and what was the band called? It was that OMC? Guy? No, not not OMC. Beef. Yes, OMC wrote every famous New Zealand song <laughs> ever. Yeah. Uh. Anyway. So thanks, Jack Links. I think the guy's name's Malcolm Blythe or something. I no, think. I think the, he became head of New Zealand music industry. Oh, well, did he? Good on him. Thanks name? to Jack Links. It's know. the food of astronauts, by the way. If, just in case you're asking. High protein, 100% New Zealand beef. If you're in Australia, mm. dried. To perfection. If you like a dry, salty meat snack that's full of protein, Jack Link's beef jerky. What you got coming up, Rob? Anything signed? Horses. No? Good luck on the horses. Thanks. Anyway, this has been episode 262 of the greatest non-sports sports radio show on the planet. 365 days of sport. I'll see you next week.